Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. In your hearing and reading, you should find words very similar. And it says this. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks anything of you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of the beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut palm branches from trees, spread them on the road. And the crowds that were before him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And if you could, locate Mark 15, 12 through 14. If not, it's going to be on the screen. I want to read this real fast for you. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him, crucify him. Before you take your seat, look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, this is not what I expected. Now that was good. Now look at one more person and say, excuse me, this is not what I expected. Y'all go ahead and sit on down, take your seat. We will, we will jump into this word. I made the first service a little hungry, so I won't do that with you guys, but, but let me tell you a, a story. Uh, anybody ever been to the movies before? Anybody gone to the movies, right? We know. Anybody watch, watch. You go watch a preview of a movie, like the movie looks real good. You know, they show you all your favorite actors, Denzel Washington and Will Smith and Angelina Jolie. They make the preview look real good. So you're like, I'm going to see that movie. I, I got to see that movie. You, you hop in your car, you drive to the theater. Now you done got some, you used your gas to get there. You stand in a long line. You pay too much for a ticket. It's like $18 to go to the movies. Like, that's a bill. But you pay, you pay to go to the theater. You go get you a watered-down Coke, some popcorn that's not buttered enough and not salty enough, whatever the case may be. You go in the theater, right? You sit down, and you watch the movie, and you realize that the previews was the best part of the movie. Anybody ever been to a movie like that? I don't know about you, but I've been to a movie like that. Like, you know, well, I will tell you all this because this is true. One night I had a case of the, the, the late night hung, hungries. Anybody ever had that before? The late night hungries? You know, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, you just hungry, you wake up hungry. You don't got no food in the house, so you say that great prophet of the marketer that said make a run for the border. So I decided one night to make a run for the border. Those marketers, man, they prophets. They know how to get you. They be speaking. And so I go, I hop in my car. I go to Taco Bell. And the line is long, but I am hungry. My stomach is like, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. My stomach. So I'm waiting in this long line. I get finally to the thing where you take the order. He's like, welcome to Taco Bell. Can I take your order? He said, but before I take your order, I must tell you we're out of beef. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This is Taco Bell. You mean to tell me you out of beef? Yes, sir, we're out of beef. We got steak and chicken. I didn't want steak and chicken. I came for the beef. You know, I'm done with Taco Bell. Done with it. 
So another disappointment. I expected Taco Bell to have some taco meat. That's what I expected. <laughs> I expected the movie when I went to see it to be good. Let me tell you something about what I did to my wife. I'm probably a horror. Some of y'all going to hate me, but it's okay. Let me tell you what I did to my wife one time. So when I decided to propose to my wife, I set it up real good. I put a CD in her car, a note in her car, right? She came home at the time. We had a fence around her house, and so I put a note on the fence. The note said, read this and express my love. She came in to one door, had another car. The car just expressed more love for her. And she came in, and we had another door, and I had some balloons and stuff, and it's looking all good. You can just see her getting excited. Like, oh, my God, what is this? What is going to happen here? You know, she gets to the bedroom, and then she looks, and she sees all this stuff laid out, and all this stuff is looking really, really nice. And she's like, oh, my God, what is happening? And I had a little thing that said open this and it was a ring box and so she goes to the ring box and you can see the tears welling up in her eyes you can see that she is like oh my god this is really happening right now she opens the ring box and it was a paper ring that said jk which means just kidding <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, if looks could kill, I wouldn't be preaching before you right now. I promise you. The tears went from tears to rage instantly. Her eyes went from green to red. <laughs> and she was probably ready to kill me, but thankfully, I was on my knee with the real ring there. And so, thank God, she married me still after that. <laughs> but she had an expectation that, wow, he's getting ready to ask me to marry him, which I did. But had I not met that expectation, what would things look like? You're probably, what the heck does this have to do with Palm Sunday? What the heck does this have to do with Jesus? Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? What are you dealing with here? Watch this. So if this is Palm Sunday, I like to call this the boarding pass leading to Easter. You know, before, if Easter's the destination, this is where we board the flight and get ready to take off. This is the launch pad of what they call Holy Week. This is where everybody feels the churches. Holy Week is happening, and we're getting ready to take off. And I thought about it, and I said, man, we have just done Palm Sunday a huge disservice. I'm serious. Uh, we've made it about the palm branches. We've talked about how they praise them. Hosanna, Hosanna. And we made it this cute, wonderful, great thing, which it is. But however, let me kind of exegete this text. Some of y'all are like, that's a big word. It's a preachy word. I'm just going to expound on the word a little bit. So here it is. Let me tell you what really was going on on this particular Sunday uh, over 2,000 years ago. So we see that the people were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. We praise you. We worship you. We just love you, right? Watch this. Hosanna, Hosanna in the Greek literally means save us now. Save us now. They were saying, Hosanna, save us now. Save us now. And he was coming to be the Savior. Watch this. But not the Savior they expected him to be. They expected Jesus when he came in to save them from the Roman Empire and the Roman government. And they were expecting Jesus to overthrow everything that was going on, everything that Pontius Pilate had going They expected him to do that. And then he came in on his donkey and he said, well, I'm here to save, but I'm not here to save you from the government. Seven days later, they went from... Hosanna, Hosanna, to crucify him, crucify him, because he didn't meet their expectation. 
Isn't it amazing? Isn't it funny how when people don't meet our expectations or we don't meet their expectations, they can change just like that? That gets me to my first point in this message. You might want to write these down. Point number one is this. Expectations met or unmet often dictate our behavior or the behavior of others. I think I'm going to say that again. Expectations met or unmet often dictate our behavior or the behavior of other people. Maybe I'm the only one that as soon as uh, somebody asks you for some money, the first time you can't give it to them, they got to talk about you like a dog. Like, can I borrow $20? Oh, I ain't even got it. Then they don't like you no more. <laughs> Anybody been there? Hey, can I borrow your car? No, I can't let you use my car. Then they talking about you on social media, got all the bad things to say about you. But wait, you was just praising me when I said yes. But soon as I say no, now you don't like me anymore. Ah, people will switch on you just like that. Beyonce said it like this. The first time I say no, it's like I never said yes. I don't think y'all missed that. The first time I say no, it's like I never said yes. Here it is. The people are expecting Jesus to save them from the government, everything they're going through. As soon as he says, that's not what I'm here to do, they said, I'm done with Jesus. Crucify him. It made me start thinking about some of us and myself. How many times when God didn't meet our expectations that we said, you know what, God, I'm not playing no more. I'm not coming to church no more. I'm not serving no more. I'm not doing this. Why? Because we didn't. He didn't meet our expectation. There's what I like to call crowd Christians in the world. Crowd Christians expect Jesus to fit in their box. Expect Jesus to do everything that they want Jesus to do for them. But watch this. What are you doing in return? What if God said, okay, what about the expectations I have for you? What if I, what if you aren't meeting the expectations I have for you? What if I switched on you? What if I stopped loving you? What if I, but God is not a God like that. I'm glad that the word says that when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, oftentimes we're one away five minutes ago, and then as soon as somebody says something we don't like, we cut them off. That's just how we are. It's human nature that when our expectations aren't met, we change or other people change. This is what was going on on this wonderful Palm Sunday. They were saying, save us now, save us now. When he said, I'm not here to put a throne here on earth, but I'm here to put a throne on your heart. I'm here to put a throne on your heart. I'm here to save your soul. They'd rather be saved from the government than have their soul saved from hell. Uh, I can imagine that some of us would rather have riches here on earth, but not do what God wanted us to do. Expectations. Just like when they didn't have the beef at Taco Bell. I said, I ain't going to Taco Bell no more. You know what? Forget Taco Bell. They got no beef. I'm done with Taco Bell. You know what? The movie theater, man, talked all kind of bad about the movie. I don't like the actor no more. What? Because it was one bad movie? Because my expectations were met one time? Don't be a crowd Christian. Crowd Christians expect Jesus to be everything they expect him to be. Oh, Jesus is liberal? Oh, he's not liberal? I'm done with Jesus. Jesus is not, you know, he, he, he likes sinners. He loves sinners. Jesus loves, no, I'm cool. I don't want to rock with Jesus. He loves sinners. Understand something. It's not our job to tell God what his job is. 
Let me say it again. It's not our job to tell God what his job is and tell him what we expect him to do. Because he's God and he's got all by himself. Watch this point number two. When Jesus came in, he came in on a donkey. Now, 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 now I don't know about you, but this guy, if I was back there, take your mind back there, they're thinking he's getting ready to overthrow the government. They got stallions, they got chariots, they got all this stuff. And here comes Jesus on a donkey. Could you imagine they were like, wait a minute, this is the same this is the savior? Wait, they got chariots, they got they got stallions, he coming in on a donkey. Who who what who or what is he gonna say? What is he gonna say? And so here's the point though. Point number two, blessings will not always come in as we expect them to. But being aware that they are blessings is the key to your breakthrough. I think I'm going to say that again. Blessings won't always come in the way you think they will come in. But being aware that their blessings will make is the key to your breakthrough. You know, because watch this. Everything that shines ain't gold. Everything that glitters ain't good for you. And just because it looked like sugar, it might be salt. Uh, but 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 we have put God in a box and said, God, this is the only way you can bless me. And we miss out on our breakthrough because we don't see it as a blessing. You know, there's people praying, God, you know what? I want you to bless me with transportation. And they're saying, God, give me transportation. God, I need a car. Lord, I need to get to work. And then all of a sudden, God gives you $5 for a bus pass. You still say, God, give me where you're trying to give me. God. The blessing is there, but because you don't see it as a blessing, now, now you've missed out on your breakthrough. Blessings don't always look like how we expect them to look. Blessings don't always come in the way we see them. If you put God in a box and expect God to always bless you the same way, expect him to do it the same all the time, you will miss out on your breakthrough. Sometimes God will bless you from a bum on the street. But because you look at them and see a bum on the street, you're saying, there's no way this person can say anything or help me in any kind of way. I've been more blessed by bums on the street than people in the church. Hello, somebody. I've been touched more by those who aren't even in the Christian faith more than sometimes people in the church because they're real and they're relevant. They say what they have to say. But yet I was aware. Some people would have. Say like, this is not what I expected. Pastor Chris to be preaching, there's no way this young dude with all oh, this has got anything to say. You would have missed out on your blessing, your breakthrough today. So don't always anticipate your blessings to look how you want them to look. Open your spiritual eyes because, yes, he came in on a donkey. But when he comes back, when he comes back, he'll be riding on a cloud. I don't know about you, but when he comes back. Yes, he rode in on a donkey, but when he comes back, he'll be riding on a cloud and the sky will crack. But be aware because your blessings look different all the time. Let me get to point number three. Point number three. Watch this. I love this. Now let's look at the story. They're now upset. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now. Overthrow the government. It didn't happen. Now they're wanting to crucify him, crucify him. Now, Jesus could have easily said, you know what, this is what the people want. The people want me to save them from government. 
The people want me to overthrow Rome. The people want, the people want, the people want. But Jesus understood this very simple principle. My purpose is not found in their preference. I just said something. Y'all missed that. Jesus understood that his purpose was not found in their preference. So here it is for you. Your purpose, Father's house, is not found in the preference of others, but rather in the path that God has put you on. I think y'all missed that. Understand something. We live in a society, we live in a world that we're oversaturated with what we should do, how we should do it, who we should do it for, the way we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to go about, and yet we're trying to fulfill their preference and we lose our purpose. Some of us going cuckoo for cocoa puffs trying to lose weight. Like, I need to lose weight. I got to fit in this dress because everybody's going to look at me different because I don't fit the scale that they want to fit me in. People are like going cuckoo for cocoa puffs saying, I don't have the gift that somebody else has. And they're doing all these things because they're trying to fit people's preferences and they've lost their purpose. Watch this. Let me free somebody right now. If you are being the best version of you that you can possibly be, and they don't like it, they're asking too much. I think I should say something. Let me say that over here. If you are being the best version of you that you can possibly be, and they're saying it's not enough, they're asking too much, and I say you need to keep on stepping. Because watch this. Your purpose is not found in their purpose. You don't have to please anybody but God. You don't have to do anything anybody wants you to do except for God. You got people trying to tell you what to do, who to do it for. And you just need to say, you know what? Get out of the way because I know that God has taught me to do this. I don't need to have your gift because I got my own gift. I don't need to have what you have because I got what I have. I don't need because what God has given you is just for you. And that's all you need because what he's given you is enough for you. Here's how we miss it. We say, God, I need more. He's like, I've already given you something. What are you doing with what God has given you? Are you saying you want what somebody else has? Are you trying to meet the preference of other people in your family telling you, oh, you know, you should do this and you should do that. Or you should go to school for this or go to school for that. Or you should try this or you should try that. They should try shutting up. How about that? How about that? Let's just be real because if I would have done what they told me to do, I wouldn't be here right now. They'd be saying, oh, you should just go to school and play football. Oh, you should try this and try that. But I said, God had a path for me and I didn't lose my purpose in their preference. Don't let the crowd influence you to be something you're not called to be. Jesus knew that if I please them, I'll lose him. That's worth repeating. He said, if I please them, I'll lose him. There are many Christians right now in the body of Christ that are lost because they got lost in trying to please other people. They got mad at God because God didn't bless them how they thought he should bless them or he didn't meet their expectations. Many of us were saying, God, I just need you to give me this job. And then when he didn't give you the job, you say, God, I'm done with you. You say, God, I want you to heal my mother or heal my father or save them and let them live. And because he took them away and called them home, you say, God, I'm mad at you and I've, I've lost my way. Because you didn't do what I expected you to do. God, you, you knew that, that, that I needed to get this done or this would happen and you let it happen. God, I'm done with you. Are you a proud Christian? Are you saying, God, this is not what I expected? Can I tell you that when you signed up to be a Christian, Jesus didn't say it'd be easy. He said it'd be worth it. 
Becoming a Christian doesn't take all of the pain away. It doesn't take all of the burdens away. But he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but in me, you'll have peace. He didn't say you wouldn't go through anything. He said, you're going through it. I think y'all missed that. I said, he didn't say you wouldn't go through anything. He said, you'll go through it. Meaning that you won't be stuck in it. And so don't try to be what everybody wants you to be. Don't get lost because God didn't bless you how you wanted to. Don't get mad, watch this, of your haters that switch up on you when you don't meet their preference. I learned something about haters. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get up out your way. Watch this. You need haters to be blessed. I'm going to prove that biblically. You need haters to be blessed. Somebody say, no, nah, no, nah, Pastor Chris, that ain't in the Bible. I ain't seen that in the Bible. Where, where is that at in the Bible? Watch this. The scripture says that he prepares a table for me in the presence of who? So if you ain't got no enemies, he can't prepare the table. Can I suggest the more haters you got, the more enemies he puts around you, the bigger the buffet of blessings that he's trying to give you? So thank you for everybody that's hating on me. That just means I got another blessing that's at the table. He said, because I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So every time somebody hates on you, say thank you for the hater because there's a blessing on the way. I don't have to be what you want me to be. I don't need to do what you need me to do. I'm just going to please him. Don't lose your purpose. Don't lose your preference. Don't lose all of that. Stay on the path that God has got you. And maybe some of you have gotten lost on that path. Maybe some of you have lost your way because some of those expectations weren't met. You missed some of those blessings because they didn't look the way you wanted them to look. Or maybe you just got caught up in trying to be something somebody wanted you to be. I'm going to tell you this story about this little boy that will hopefully help you and bless you. There was this little boy. He was about five years old. And this little boy went to go play baseball with his friends. And as he's playing baseball with his friends, Kwani, you can do that right now. He was playing baseball with his friends. And his friends left him because he went to go swing on the swing. And as he was swinging on the swing, he realized that, wait a minute, everybody is gone. He's about five years old. He was at a park he wasn't familiar with. But he just wanted to play with his friends because that's what everybody was doing. So he got lost. And he expected them to stay there with him, but they left. So his expectation was unmet. And he was lost because he was trying to hang with some people that were older than him. And he started crying. Luckily, there was a police officer that came. And the police officer came to this young man and said, young man, why are you crying? He said, sir, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost, he said. Well, let's find you. Let's, let's help you. Let's help you. So they went back to the park. And nobody was there. The little boy started crying even more. Nobody loves me. <laughs> they left me. Nobody cares. He said, wait, wait, wait. It's okay. He said, well, tell me your friends' names. And he typed it in the computer and said, no, I don't know them. He said, well, what's your parents' names? The little boy said his parents' names. And he said, no, that doesn't ring a bell either. He said, well, well, what's your address? He said, sir, I don't know an address. I'm just lost. I'm just, I'm lost. I'm lost. He said, well, what's your phone number? I don't know. I don't know anything. I just know I'm lost. I'm lost and I need help. And the police officer said, he said, well, is there anything that you can tell me to help me help you? And the little boy thought about it. And he said, yes, sir, yes, 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 yes. I know what you can do. I know it. I know what to do. He said, I live 
by the church. And the police officer said, well, young man, that doesn't help me. There's a whole lot of churches in town. That doesn't help me at all. He said, no, no, you don't understand. You don't get it. I live by the church with the big cross on the top. I live by that church. He said, okay, well, what are you saying, young man? He's saying, he said, sir, sir, Mr. Officer, if you can get me near the cross, I'll find my way home. I want to tell somebody something right now. You may be lost. You might be trying to find your way, but now is the time to where God is saying, if you get near the cross, you can find your way home. Some of you have lost your purpose. He's saying, come near the cross, you'll find your way home. Jesus understood as he was going and he was coming in and he was riding on that donkey that yes, they're going to lie, they're going to crucify me, they're going to say that. He said, but if I can get near the cross, I'll find my way home. And he found his way to the cross and he hung his head and the locks of his shoulders and he gave up the ghost that we might be saved today if you're lost. If you've been out of fellowship with God, if you've been mad with God, if you haven't trusted him like you should because he haven't, hasn't met your expectations, don't be a crowd Christian today. Step out the crowd and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to come back home. If that's you today, as the prayer team who's left would come forward, the prayer team left, we want to open up this altar for anybody who's saying, you know what, God, I strayed away from your church family, I strayed away from Christianity, I strayed away from you. God, I want to come back to you. If that's you today, I want you to come right now. If that's you, you can stand. If that's you, you can stand. If you don't know Jesus, say, you know what, I've never really met Jesus before. I want to know him for myself. If that's you, I want you to come or I want you to stand. If that's you, we just want to pray for you. We want you in fellowship. We want you in the house of God. If that's no one, everybody please stand. I just want to pray for you as we get ready to go. I just want to pray for you as we get ready to leave this place but never leave his presence. God, I thank you.